0: This is a whole observatory podcast. Five, four,
1: three,
2: two, one, zero. Welcome to Star Store, the space Welcome back to Star Stuff, a podcast about space, the universe, and everything else. My name is Cody Halfmoon, and today I'm joined by we've got a writer and songwriter, Maddie Mooney. Hey, Maddie. Hi. And uh, returning research assistant and science communicator Hannah Zygo. Hi. And we're also joined by Jacob Irish, who's an educator here at Lowell. What's up, Jacob?
3: Hello. Hi.
2: Hello. Hello. Today we're going to talk about something that I had to get schooled on because I hadn't heard of it, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's all the rage with the, uh, the youth. I'm it. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Lowell Iceberg. So, yeah, what does that mean, guys?
3: Uh, well, Iceberg is more of like a meme format than anything, but like it, it describes in descending order sort of like the obscurity of certain ideas, concepts and like weird things that have happened. And, and, and Lowell's like, you know, working up there in public programs, very, very uh, open to having some interesting knowledge come, come to light, whether it's like an experience or just stuff that we've learned with time and uh, f- just figured that like making one for Lowell was just kind of like something that had to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, after being open a century, there's stuff
0: that goes down (laughs) on Mars Hill. (laughs) It's a wild and crazy fun stuff. Yeah.
2: Uh, And and I know we we did have an episode. It was called Secrets of Lowell. And this is our our third episode in the podcast series. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go back and listen to it. Uh, it It's Maddie and Kevin. Um, And and some of these will, uh, you know, we might touch on some of those stories. If you want more in depth, go back to that episode and hear it. Uh, And yeah, and Hannah is going to add the, they made, they actually made this iceberg meme. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Hannah, who made our Discord, is going to put that on there for everyone to, for your viewing pleasure. Uh, There's a lot going on on it. It's, uh, (laughs) it's, and I think that's just, we could have added more. Is that right?
1: Yeah, there's a lot that can go into it, but just. Just for time's sake, we cut it a little (laughs) bit short.
2: So from what I understand, you've got kind of like the tip of the iceberg where it's stuff that some most people might know. Uh, It's not too hard to find uh, if you just do like a Google search or look online. And then as you get deeper into the depths of the iceberg, it gets more and more obscure.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we have the top of the iceberg. So the different layers that we have planned out for today is we have the facts, so things that pretty much everyone kind of generally knows about Lowell Observatory. Um, after that, we have the relatively known information. So people who might be, you know, fans or closely involved with the observatory might know. And then we have surprising news, so things that even close friends to the observatory might not know. And then after that, we have the obscure to where maybe even some people who work at the observatory don't know. <laughs> and then we have the unknown where no one kind of really knows about it. It's just...
3: These are the true
2: secrets. Yeah, the yeah, true secrets of love. Awesome. fantastic. Uh, let's, let's start with the, let's start with the tip of the iceberg. I, I'm just going to read some out and I'm going to let you guys kind of take over and then Maddie and I will probably ask a lot of questions, but, uh, <laughs> let's start out with the, the, the very top here. We've got Clyde Tombaugh. Yeah.
1: So Clyde Tombaugh.
2: Who is like, this?
1: Who is he? You know, he's the, <laughs> he's the one who found Pluto. So that's why we decided to include that in the facts.
2: Yeah. And he's, he was a uh, 23. Yeah. right. A, Which makes me feel farm so bad
0: about myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how many yeah. planets have I discovered? Zero, man. I mean, uh, maybe you just didn't know you discovered it.
2: You just look up, You see some stuff. I don't know how it works.
0: Maybe. maybe.
2: <laughs> I know there are pictures of Pluto before it was discovered, right?
1: There is. Percival, I think, actually took
2: some with the Clark. Oh, uh, Percy. <laughs> And then we've got uh, he he lived on campus uh, there in the Slifer Building, which uh, guests will know is the Rotunda, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. We have a special guest stay there sometimes, and I know they they're not entirely sure that was his exact apartment, but it is an apartment, and it's on the same wing as where he probably stayed. So
3: somewhere up yes. there, yeah. over yeah. in that area. <laughs>
2: and then uh coming off of that we got pluto everyone knows about pluto we talk about pluto all the time our little god of the underworld up there (laughs) it's true maddie do you so maddie uh is the one who's blessed with the job of going through all of our reviews uh and i didn't think to put this together before but do you remember the it was a recent review and it was, like, uh, they claim that they discovered Pluto. They're, like, really obsessed with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, la- the language that we claimed to have discovered it. I kind of read to that, have and I was it. like, hmm, like, mm-hmm. do, are you calling this into question? Sorry.
2: Yeah, I, I actually replied to that review as lol, and I was like, you got that right? And I put, like, a little winky face. But, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, according to this reviewer, we are... Um, pretty obsessed with this planet which like it makes (laughs) sense we kind of found it so
0: we're also a gaseous cloud of unfulfilled promises and disappointment so that is what he said yeah. That's Interesting. a classic. Classic. I need that on a that's plaque.
3: kind of poetic, I'll be honest. It's
0: Honestly, beautiful. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, no, I mean like if you're going to write a bad review, at least, you know, put some put some word crafting in there. I want to see poetic language, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and we don't get a lot. I think cuz I think uh um, we probably get like a negative review every few months, so like a few a year. Um, and they're always kind of entertaining. Uh, they're usually because it's like, oh, we couldn't look through the telescopes and they came up on a day that was like raining. (laughs) So it's like, Uh, uh... unfortunately
0: we have not worked out the technology to control the weather just yet. yet. Yes. I'm sure it's in the works, but
1: people are genuinely do get uh, very surprised when we tell them that the telescopes can't look through the clouds. So they're like, oh, I guess, you know, I didn't really think about that. I'm like, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> <yes>. yeah.
2: <laughs> Or they come during the daytime and they can't see stars. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard that. So maybe that's more of a relatively known information level of the iceberg, yeah. but can't control the weather. Um, but yeah, all you guys out there, if you're going to leave us a bad review, go for it. We love the the feedback. Make it poetic though.
0: Yeah, I want to <laughs> dazzle me. Yeah, I want to be dazzled.
2: <laughs> yeah, we should we should get that that quote though. Print it off, sell it in mm-hmm. the gift shop. I
0: think it's brilliant. <laughs> we're going to get in trouble for talking about these.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know it's fine. Everything's uh, fine. We we can own up to our negative reviews. We don't have a lot. Most yeah. of them are overwhelmingly positive and adorable. So. Most
0: people have a very good time on Mars Hill.
2: So. Yeah, they really do. Um, I mean, we get several a day, mostly five stars, but then those negative ones are, uh, you know, you only read bad comments online, right? Is that how it goes? Mm-hmm. They always come up in a meeting, though. Your voice will be heard if you yes. let us
0: know. You know, No one writes a review unless they had like a really good time or a really bad time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. <laughs> And we've got uh, observatory, not
2: a planetarium. Do you guys want to tackle that one? Oh, my eye is already twitching. <laughs> yeah.
3: Take a yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, we, we do like telescope observation instead of like planetarium stuff uh, where you we do a lot of projecting and stuff like that. And just sort of more like envisioning what it would look like rather than like actually observing things. And, and I mean, like... It, it makes That's sense what a planetarium that people, does, right? yeah, it makes sense mm-hmm. that some people would like you know confuse the two because I mean you're you're, you're still looking at space stuff no matter what. But uh, at, at you know the observatory, we're we're doing observational stuff. We're using telescopes, and you know with some of our programs and stuff, we'll like dive into more of like the conceptual or just like Hubble images or whatever. But but uh, most of the time, uh, we we focus as much as we can, provided you again like it's not co- raining or or completely mm-hmm. cloudy on looking at things out there in space with our own eyes and then learning about it.
2: It's a real deal, baby. Mm-hmm. True. But we are going to get a planetarium. Yes,
1: exactly. So instead of uh, having... Usually planetariums are like a round building and they project the sky onto the roof and you look up and it's like you're stargazing um, inside. But so the concept for the planetarium that we will have in the next few years will be actually just on the roof of the building and then using the actual sky as yeah. the
2: Yeah, which is awesome because we have, um, and this can be our next thing, we've got international dark skies here in Flagstaff. We don't need no stinking planetarium. Uh, we got the real thing. So, yeah, uh, tell us about the dark skies here. So,
1: just... Yeah, I feel like another relatively like popular thing about Lowell Observatory is that it's located in the world's first international dark sky city, which is Flagstaff. So we have laws and not laws, but I would say ordinances and regulations rules, yeah, rules, yeah. in place to keep our skies dark.
2: So those are our well-known facts. So let's get into what Hannah and Jacob have listed here as the relatively known information. Uh, Hannah, where do you want me to start on this one? There's a lot. So, yeah, (laughs) we
1: have a lot. We can just like quickly name some of the things and then we can just go into depth about some of the other ones. So, I'm going to go straight to scary bus. Yeah. So, (laughs) the scary (laughs) bus, if you have ever been to Lowell Observatory or if you are planning to make a visit up, on the hill, we have this walk to the Pluto dome that we call the solar system walk. And it's basically just like a small scale model of the solar system. But on the that's on the right. And to the left of the walk, there's all these busts of different astronomers and important people who have worked at the observatory. And they're like this dark bronze color. And mm-hmm. so at night, you can't see them at all (laughs) and so when you're walking down the pluto walk it constantly feels like someone's looking at you and people genuinely get scared like all the time because they don't see them until like they're right there in front of you and like Mm -hmm. so yeah if
2: you want to note how beautifully dark it is that's uh i think a really good uh indicator is you're walking it's something like three feet away from you you just see kind of like a glimmer and uh vera rubin i love her let's talk about her
3: so Vera Rubin's, like, probably, in, in my opinion, at the very least, one of the most important characters, one of the most important people in, like, all of astrophysics forever. Great. yes. Uh, just because she, like, really sort of changed our idea of how the universe sort of operates and, like, what's within it through a variety of different, like, research projects. And uh, for a time, you know, she was, she was like, in and out of Lowell Observatory, uh, operating, observing, researching, and, and it's just always, like, a cool thing to think about, just how impactful her work was to the, the 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 scene if you will um and and like her just existing around the observatory as well for a, a little bit of time
2: yeah amanda uh, dr amanda Bosch on a recent episode described it as a paradigm shift in astronomy because part of her discovery was that the uh universe is expanding is that right
3: it was more like kind of what's like you know within the galaxies themselves the, the whole dark matter stuff and right. i mean it does actually play a, a huge role in like the expansion of the universe as it does sort of directly but indirectly affect how the universe expands in a way as it kind of like alters the hubble constant from what i understand mm-hmm. but um yeah that's like super important that stuff that has to be taken into account when like doing the whole science aspect of, of astronomy and like trying to figure things out mathematically like you know having a lack of, of knowledge. It's, it's like, you know, inherent with science. It's just something that kind of like comes with it, but, uh, sometimes it can absolutely stunt things until y- you get over it. And it was because of her work and, and, you know, a, a bunch of other people as well, but, but definitely just a lot of her observations that led to some, some newer understandings.
2: And what's the Hubble, uh, what, what did you say? The Hubble,
3: the Hubble constant. Constant. It just kind of like describes, I guess, how the how the universe's like expansion is going to uh, carry itself out. Um, it's it's more of a placeholder than anything, from what I understand it to be, because you know a lot of like cosmology and, and looking into the future of how the universe operates. It's it's yeah. it's still you know very conceptual, but at the same time, like you know, super necessary to like figure out how our universe is going to to work from here on out. It's 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 neat more than anything.
2: And our next one, I'm really excited about because I have a a pretty decent view of this from my office. I have like, my (laughs) office is like underground, and I've got this little like peephole window. And from the window, I see Percival's mausoleum. It's really cool. Uh, You guys wanna tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so Percival. Percival Lowell, the founder of the observatory, is actually buried on campus, which I think is kind of crazy that he decided to not be buried kind of back east, like where his family is. He wanted to be buried at his observatory. And so not only do you get to come up and see his telescope, see the observatory, you can actually see his mausoleum as well. So you get the whole yeah. Lowell
0: experience yeah, on campus. And he's he's not the only person buried at Lowell either. He's not? Been. No, there is the, uh, what's it called? The um, columbarium,
2: I believe. Yeah, that's right, oh, the columbarium yeah. in the yeah. trails
0: back there. Uh huh. We've had Spoopy. some very influential LOL members and um, donors who have um, had their ashes. What's the word? Interred? There? Interred. Yeah. yeah, which I think is really cool because it, it just really speaks to how much LOL means to people, like that they mm-hmm. want... Either like all of their remains or like some of their remains to be here. I, I just my think God. that's really cool. That's awesome. So cool. I totally, yeah. yeah, that's, that's,
2: it's really kind of tucked part. away, but it is there and it's yeah. it's very cool. And the mausoleum has this really pretty cobalt blue glass on it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mausoleum is just really cool looking. If you go to the Clark, you see it right there uh, overlooking the town. So if you're in Flagstaff, Percy's watching. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's I, always watching.
0: <laughs> I feel yeah. like he's a very like he's a very nice like grandfatherly presence on campus. I feel like yeah, he's, Uncle Percy. He's looking out we for love us. Him. Yeah, we also
2: uh, this might be a good uh, transition point into aliens. Aliens aliens aliens.
3: yeah i mean, <laughs> a- I mean to, to some degree like the, the the work that was done initially with like the clark focused on the idea of like aliens right because mm-hmm. you know aliens like a it, it, it's a super broad descriptor for like life elsewhere and and mm-hmm. life on mars was like you know it was huge like around this time you can like kind of trace back a lot of a lot of sci-fi becoming more mainstream more relevant and uh, after you know work was done trying to detail the surface of Mars. There, there were people who came around trying to like figure out if life did actually exist there, you know, what would they look like? What, what would their routines be? What would their cities sort of shape up to, 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 to look as, and, and, and it's really neat. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that kind of like, also inherently makes it so that, you know, Lowell kind of exists due to, due to aliens, if that, if that makes sense. <laughs> and, and yeah.
2: A hunt for Martians. Yes,
3: it's it's such a neat environment. And it's funny, too, because, you know, we always attract, like, a lot of people, especially when it comes to, like, planetary science on occasion. Just, like, people who are fascinated in, like, uh, aliens or exobiology. And it's, it's Exhibit cool.
2: A, Star Stuff the Podcast. Where yeah. We talk yes, about it yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that uh, Orson Welles was inspired because there was, like, this, marsh like, uh, Lowell Observatory and Percival Lowell made headlines looking for Martians exactly and pretty much coined the term um, and then inspired Orson Welles' War of the Worlds in 1938 so and then that just kind of kicked off like
1: everything else I would say put like a lot of that science fiction in motion there was like uh, mm-hmm. the Martian you know the book yeah. and, you know there's yeah. the Marvin the Martian is that mm-hmm. his name <laughs> then, yeah. Um, yeah so I think Percival, really inspired
0: a lot of people talking about the aliens on Mars. Yeah, like, talk about capturing the public imagination. Yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. I feel like, as a kid, you're into aliens and that kind of thing, and that's such a, like... Uh, gateway science into astronomy and fascination Mm -hmm. yeah
1: that's what got me into astronomy was the movie contact and so yeah I think that's Mm -hmm. again just what you said it gets aliens and just science fiction gets a lot of people interested in astronomy and that's why it's really nice when people do come up and they're talking about aliens and they're like you know just expanding their thought process on what else Mm -hmm. could be out there and then we start explaining you know how every star has at least one planet around it and that just
2: blows yeah. their mind and it's amazing <laughs> and it's also like i feel like there's a bit of a, st- uh, a st- stigma i don't know so, like i feel like people are afraid maybe at lowell even to just talk about aliens because we're not obviously we're very scientific and we do a lot of research but I've, it was amazing to me in, in In some of our episodes, we're sitting down with these planetary scientists and I always kind of sneak the question in there and they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's what we're looking for. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's how we're funded. Or, yeah, yeah uh, human life on other planets. That's why I'm researching this. And it's like, oh, OK, this isn't a secret. This is not just sci-fi.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't know why there is that stigma. I think it's, you know, maybe some of the people who are, you know, really adamant about things that maybe stress some people out, but that is a mm-hmm. big motivator for a lot of astronomers right, and yeah. stuff is finding life in the universe. Yeah.
2: it's not like um, anything that we will publicly admit. I'm just kidding. It's not like we're looking for <laughs> Things UFOs. Things in my contract that I cannot talk yeah, about. Yeah, I enough. cannot talk about. We're um, hiding aliens. No, yes, we're not. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not talking about, you know, like uh, lizard people in the government or UFO sightings and stuff like that, but uh connecting it more to science where it's like yeah we are looking for for a different life or evidence of life on you know planets even in our own solar system or 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 comet seeding and how life got here on earth it's really really interesting and i love that connection because uh i always like to think of it you know using lol as uh inspiration for there's no dumb question or there's no dumb yeah. thing to research because you know, he got a lot of slack for it. And and he stood by his guns. He's like, no, I really want to look into this. And his research into this inspired what we have today. And I think it's amazing. It's it's there's nothing wrong with questioning those things.
1: Totally, totally, you know, so I think that's really cool.
2: And that might be a good uh, segue into pop culture references. What do you guys have on that?
3: I think honestly, we could probably knock out two uh, two birds with one stone here with uh, pop culture references and famous people. Because to, to some degree, like you know, with, with with Cosmos for example, and and there being a segment that was filmed inside of the Clark Dome, uh, yep. you can then like mention Carl Sagan was Ugh. there at the observatory yeah. in addition to like you know a, a bunch of other things. But when it comes to like pop culture, you know, there's there's a bunch of different instances of like mentions of 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 Lowell Observatory or stuff that happened here like uh things as simple as a poster that appeared in many episodes of the Big Bang Theory to like comics that completely like talk and 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 uh i guess shed a little bit of light on like some of the things happening at Lowell or things that have happened in the past etc uh, and, and, you know, it's stuff that you kind of have to like dig for a little bit, but it's still there on the surface, like stuff that you can look up on the internet and, and you'll find it, but you have to know what you're looking for. Or like, if you have been to the Clark telescope, you may notice that poster in, in the Big Bang Theory or what have you.
1: It's in the first season on, oh God, the main character, what's his name? It's on his oh, door. Do any of us is watch it, the is big it, thing? wait? Is
3: it, is it Sh- is Sh- is Sheldon? I think so. I
1: Sheldon, think it's we're about sister. to get hate mail. <laughs> There's four main
3: characters? And I know this because my mom loves the show, absolutely loves the show. There's like four technical main characters, but Sheldon Cooper is the is memorable Sheldon. one.
0: Yeah, it's one on a of board. Oh, maybe it's Leonard. I don't know. I'm so sorry. The it's on one big of their doors. Bing Theory fans are screaming right now. <laughs> They're they all are. very sad. Meet
2: us at. I'm just kidding. And then we have, like,
1: yeah, just like Jacob was saying, uh, those comics, like, in newspapers, we've been referencing that a lot, in books. And there's this video game, I think it's Mass Effect, uh, where they have a base on Mars, and it's called the Lowell Base. Oh,
0: oh my 90s. gosh, really? That's yeah, so, I did not know pretty that. pretty cool.
2: That's so. really cool. And actually, our, uh, the Chief Marketing and Revenue Officer, Danielle Adams, who's uh, who's my boss, she is currently consulting uh for a video game that uses arabian astronomy which is really neat that is i don't cool. know when that game's gonna come out but it's beautiful it looks i've seen some snippets it looks really pretty i
3: gorgeous.
2: did want to interject
3: uh and in mass effect there was a the mention of the first like established city if i remember correctly it was like lowell city so oh that's,
0: that's, that's what it something. is yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, oh i love it
2: yeah. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Carl Sagan, which of course was, I, I am obsessed with him. He uh, inspired the name of our podcast, Star Stuff, from one of his beautiful quotes. Uh, we also have Bill Nye, the science guy who has, was up here during the, when his show was airing. It was mm-hmm. fun. Um, and Brian May. Super cool.
1: Super cool. And we've had Lenny we had- Nimoy.
2: We had Nimoy, my heart. Uh, we had uh, Bill Shatner speak at one of our uh, events. I mean, we got, we're pretty cool. That's all we're I'm kind saying. kind of a big deal. Yeah. We're kind of a big deal. <laughs> I mean, we've had astronauts too,
1: astronauts. Oh, Edwin yeah. Hubble, the Gerard Kuiper, Jan Ort. We've had publishers, politicians, you know, the president of Mexico, has Amazing. Been. So it's like, so there's so many people who have been to Lowell. It's a very historic place. So I think
0: Kanye West has been here as well. It might be me.
1: I think that. that's a theory. I think we've is it theorized. I think that's one of Jacob's theories, actually. <laughs> like really? Kanye. It, it, it could
3: be. <laughs> I, I've just heard, I've heard, I've heard talks. I mean, I've, I mean, Kanye West has like spent some of his birthdays here in Flagstaff, that's, like, super, you know, mm-hmm. surface-level news. There's there's pictures of uh-huh. him walking around downtown and, and, and just doing walking things. Walking fast, eating.
2: faces yeah, prob- past. Yeah, probably walking
3: fast enough. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's just that's more of a theory.
0: Yeah. See, this opens, this opens up my mind to, like, other theories you might have, and I'm suddenly very interested. But maybe we can have that on another episode. Yeah. If we...
2: What's going on in
0: Jacob's head?
2: (laughs) Yes, what happens in Jacob Irish's head? What is Jacob suspicious about? The iceberg goes too deep. (laughs) It does.
0: It can into Mariana's
2: trench of Jacob's mind. We also have a Victoria. I'm gonna mess this name up, Hannah. Why don't you say this one? Gergis, I'm pretty sure she's gonna kill me. Victoria
1: Gurgis. Jer- yeah, Jurgis, I think. And so um, Vic was an educator at Lowell not too long ago. She actually is in Colorado right now. Hopefully listening. Hi, Hopefully listening. Hi, Vic. Um, and <laughs> she took a very... Famous picture that went viral, like all over the internet, when Starlink just started to be launched. I believe it was in like 2019 ish. Um, this is before the Goda was even open, I believe. We had this um, Mead telescope, I believe, that we would bring out in front of the rotunda and do some imaging with uh, a Malin cam. And while she was taking a picture of some galaxies, the Starlink constellation passed in front of. The object and completely ruined it. And so she sent it out to everyone. She's like, hey, look, you know, I was trying to take this picture of a galaxy and this just goes to show what could happen with Starlink. And it went viral. Everyone was posting about it. Um, And so I think it's super Mm -hmm. cool that, for one, we got that publicity out there to show what could happen with people just sending out a whole bunch of stuff in space and it's not being regulated. And it's, you know, polluting kind of
2: the sky. It's an interesting photo, too. It's all the lines yeah. going across. Yeah, it's everywhere online. Well, that's awesome. Go, Vic. Heck yeah. Get yeah, it, Vic. Yeah.
0: She is awesome. And also, hi, Vic. I miss you. Hope you're thriving in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing I do want to talk about here is beer. My favorite topic. Beer.
2: Beer. <laughs> Yeah, I know we have a, a great relationship with our brewery here in town, Mother Road Brewery. And they do a special beer brew just for Lowell every single year in celebration of I Heart Pluto. But they also do like uh, custom can designs. Uh, the one, uh, I think it was the Pluto Porter was a year before. And then this year it was uh, the Lowell Observatory Lager which we called the LOL, which was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's uh, the iconic picture of Percival Lowell at the Clark, and in his hand is a,
0: a can of beer, <laughs> which is great. And the coolest font design ever, like this really cool old-fashioned. Oh, fashion. it's really it's neat. Like- it's really- the Victorian font. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, they're, um, and we partner with them all the time. We also have a Dark Sky Brewery. Uh, they have the Clark on all of their cans this year and because of I Heart Pluto, we also have a whole bunch of cocktails too uh a, a lounge in downtown called the runway made a custom galaxy's edge pluto cocktail that had like shimmering like edible glitter it was edible ooh, glitter.
0: Yeah.
2: it was yeah, so good historic had a really good cocktail too um and then uh what is this about snakes oh
3: Oh, I mean, there's just, there's, there are snakes on occasion on, on campus. They're all like harmless. Um, oh yeah, totally which is, harmless. Which is kind of fun because then you can kind of like walk up a little bit close to them, stare at them. And they just kind of like stare back at you and don't do anything. Uh, like the other day I was just, you know, doing normal programs, nightly programs. It was the evening time and just slithering right across the sidewalk is this, is this snake that had just eaten something. And he was just chilling, <laughs> walking, I guess, walking, slithering, whatever, uh across to like where the, the, um the old chassis of that forty two inch telescope sits and then just kinda like disappeared into the foliage. But that's, like, something that just happens pretty frequently during the spring and summertime. And and it's funny, too, because, like, a lot of, like, newer hires, people who are, like, new to the observatory, as soon as they see a snake, they're, you know, they're, they're sending mass emails yeah. out, like, watch yeah. out, everyone, there's a snake. And, like, everyone who's been here long enough is, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, like, normal, like, you're going to see Oh, that's
0: just Carl. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, yes. 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 should name it Carl. I don't think it has a name. We have another creature around
2: campus, Lucky. Uh, Lucky Lucky the creature. Lucky. Yes lucky, yes lucky the creature
3: uh just one of the many animals of the observatory but i think lucky's a little bit less uh less snake-like i i love lucky right. I, he's, he's the awesome. dog. he just yeah. roams around i haven't worked a, a daytime shift in a while just because i've been doing a lot of the night stuff but um Every time that I'm there, like during the the really nice summer days and, and I'm just walking around, sometimes I'll catch a catch a glimpse of Happy Lucky uh, running around either holding on was it to his like favorite little Frisbee fragment. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just a fragment. Exactly. <laughs> it's- and, uh, lucky, Lucky the dog is actually the manager of the maintenance team. <laughs> He's on our yeah. employee board. He that is. Was- he like genuinely he is. Uh, and then just to wrap this section up, we have Slyfer's Expanding Universe, which we kind of uh, talked about a little bit with Vera's discovery. But what's Slyfer's Expanding Universe?
3: So uh, Slyfer, uh, Vesto Slyfer, uh, he wrote in the early 1900s a book on, on spectroscopy, which is like really just breaking apart light to see what it's made out of chemically or elementally. And, like, if you kind of, like, notice shifts in the patterns with observations, like, when you're looking at stuff out there in space and, like, something's pushed towards the red end of the spectrum, then you're seeing something move away from you, which wasn't, like, really expected. And so, like, you know, this kind of, like, started... This, this general data collection that would later be uh, sort of appropriated and taken by, by Edwin Hubble to be used for uh, future endeavors of research and like how the universe is expanding. Because what was being seen wasn't necessarily the galaxies moving away inherently, like with their own motion, but the, the universe between us, if that makes sense, just getting mm-hmm. larger.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh. And Slipher was uh, at Lowell.
3: Uh, yeah, 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 he he yeah. Uh, was director for a little bit. Did a lot of research, and uh, mm-hmm. some of the observations and whatnot were were even done at the Clark. This is like one thing that we we mentioned frequently. It's a it's a nice story to cover.
2: So getting uh deeper into the iceberg, this is surprising news. Uh, let's start out with UFO sightings. We already <laughs> talked about aliens. So, UFO sightings,
1: Um, I don't even know where to begin. So, let's start off with the most recent one, I guess. So, Mm -hmm. we are an observatory, you know, people always ask if we see, you know, weird things through the telescopes, and there was a time, I think last year, where there was something weird in the sky, and everyone was freaking out about it. Not people Mm -hmm. who worked at Lowell, but just People in Flagstaff were genuinely calling the police because they were like, there is something weird in the sky. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we have telescopes at Lowell. Let's look at it. And so I mm-hmm. pulled out a telescope, a portable telescope from the back of the godo, and I pointed it to this weird object in the sky. And what do you know? It was actually a weather balloon
2: (laughs) well before you identified it technically it was an unidentified flying object exactly and Mm -hmm. so um i think that was
1: super cool that we were Mm -hmm. able to like actually just bring out a telescope and look at it but uh yeah people always come up to lowell and say that they see weird things in the sky they're like oh in the morning you know uh to the east there's this weird bright thing I see every morning. I'm like, oh, you're seeing mm-hmm. Venus, or yeah, something like
2: that. No, I thought you were gonna say like the sun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the sun. <laughs> the sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting because you know you have government agencies, and they actually had to change what they call these things because UFO is actually a term that's used. It's it's a flying object that is just un- unidentified. It's not necessary. It's not extraterrestrial it's just they don't know what it is it's weather balloon or something like that um and it's not that they dismiss it obviously it's in our best interest you know even with the military is pretty interested but um i i think it's interesting they actually had to change their term and i I don't have i I don't have in front of me what that what they call it now i think it's uap unidentified aerial phenomenon or something okay yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah they it's they're like, oh, man, they said that UFOs are real. And it's like, I mean, yeah, they, they definitely are. They're just not driven by little green men. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a weather balloon. womp. womp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And like, you know, it's funny because i feel like that's a very classic thing that scientists will say is like oh it's probably a weather balloon and again Mm -hmm. a lot of people at lowell even though we work here in our super scientific we are also scientists about you know life outside and we're like oh weird thing in the sky let's look at it
2: oh right it actually is a weather balloon like we can see that so in all the satellites you were just talking about the satellite um and how it's polluting our skies a lot of the flying things that you see up there is probably a satellite <laughs> yeah and that happens a lot of the
1: time too i had a guest one time we were at the godo and she was like do you see that like pointing you know in the sky she's like i see something moving and she was you know seemed very distressed about it and it did turn out to be just a satellite and she's like oh i see those all the time i always thought that you know i was seeing like ufos and i'm like no that's that's a satellite uh that's yeah.
2: Like. <laughs> so and um let's jump to uh venus the cow i'm curious about this one
3: venus the cow that was that was, that was percival's like uh, w- one of the two cows that he had right about the time that he was uh doing some of the observations early on
0: back uh, up so he had cows, he had cows. <laughs> i think I they were i believe they were milk cows
3: yes and there was venus and then what was the other one called satellites
0: Satellite. I have no. Idea. I don't remember. I just. I know
2: Venus. There was Which a Which then would have just been to... like Moon, right? Yeah, yeah. I so don't... Venus the cow once wandered Mars Hill.
3: Yeah, another one of those those animals that would have been like a, a, a just a, a big lucky the dog without the um uh-huh. without the little <laughs> <crispy> fragment
2: <laughs> different kind of bell. Well, in uh, Jeff, Dr. Jeff Hall, our executive director, he has a cat named Mercury. No.
1: He has Pluto and Mars, or no, he has, Pluto. he has Mars, Garland, and I think, yeah, Pluto.
2: Is it Pluto? Yeah, so we'll carry on the tradition of, uh, we want to get an office cat. HR has not approved this, um, but we were going to name him um, Yowkery, which Aww. is adorable. We actually had a whole list of names. Oh, um, yeah,
0: we were we were spitting
2: some straight fire yep. astronomy yeah. cat puns.
0: We see Sliper. Oh,
2: oh yeah. my God. Yeah, and uh, what what I know that some educators there will be like mice because you know it's. I saw they're one. Outside.
3: They're my friends. Okay. They are all of my. They are my friends. Uh,
2: and all of them are named Charles Mousier. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my
3: I think I think myself and Claire were talking about that during the Messier marathon because we saw one in the room and it oh, was no. just like staring up at us. And then someone <laughs> in chat was like, "Oh, it's Charles Mousier," and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's horrible," but I'm going to stick with it because I like it too.
0: Lowell Observatory yep. is very sanitary. We do not have a pest problem. We do not have a pest problem. These are outdoor mice. We are outdoor... Yeah. Uh, These are observers. domesticated observatory mice. They're, They're here very for smart. scientific purposes. They, they went to college. Yes. Actually. Uh, we're not
2: experimenting on the mice. The mice are experimenting on us on Floor's uh-huh. Hill. <laughs> and let's test my transition skills here. Speaking of creatures, what is this Tomball and the wolf story? Tell that one.
1: So it's more of of mythical legend. uh, I even asked Kevin about it and he's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's probably not true, but something worth mentioning was that supposedly Tom after working long nights in the Pluto dome, you know, he's in there, it's dark. And, We have talked about how on campus there is lots of animals, lots of people have their own animals, and that was just the regular even back then. And so supposedly one night, Clyde, he was so tired, um, and there was a campus dog, and he was petting the campus dog, and then he went about his day, or I guess night, went to bed. And then the next morning, by the Pluto Dome, there was these really big paw prints, and they were consistent with a wolf paw prints mm. and so mm. Clyde thinks that the dog that he actually pet was a wolf and not That's a dog <laughs>
0: it's just exhausted like oh big puppy yeah, exactly. is this- <laughs> the wolf was probably so confused too it's just oh, like fuck. uh okay <laughs> sure
2: <laughs> and is this extrapolated or separate is this somewhat tied to the Clyde mountain lion story I poor guy <laughs> I don't know about yeah. that one I mean because there was the mountain lion that he heard uh, the uh, when he was up to the Pluto dome. It was like that kind of screaming cat. Oh,
1: sound. terrifying, Actually, yeah. terrifying sound. Maybe he is like Cinderella and just attracts these. Maybe
2: he
0: is. Maybe <laughs> it was know. that. Maybe it
2: was that same wolf and or mountain lion that was like, "Oh, I want some pets now." He's yeah. screaming for him like my cat does. <laughs> he
1: tamed all the wild animals.
2: Are there any other of these items? I know we're kind of at a dearth for a time, but before we move on to obscure, was there anything else, Hannah or Jacob, that you really wanted to talk about in the surprising news. I'd say we get mentioning weird. Disney
3: is probably to some degree important just because there was some historical stuff with, like, E.C. Slipher being featured in, like, some uh, f- film, if I remember correctly, on just, like, Mars and what have you. Uh, and then there's Pluto the dog, which this is something mm-hmm. that, like, I found out... Um,
2: His photo is framed in the rotunda, which yeah. <laughs> cracks <me> this <out>. <laughs>
3: But this, this, this actually kind of, like... Um, you know, his, his name before Pluto, was, it was like Rover or something. Yeah, right? it was Rover. Rover. Um, It was later changed to be Pluto. And I also learned a little bit recently, like within the last couple of months, that uh, during some amount of time, what actually like, uh, you know, inspired Thunder Mountain at the, the Walt Disney uh, Disneyland there in, in, in California was one of his vacations to Sedona you know, which is, like, close enough proximity oh. to Flagstaff. And so, like, I'm yeah. thinking, I was trying to put, like, two and two together. This is just all theories, just me going insane more than anything. But, like, <laughs> you know, around the time of this vacation, which I don't think, like, a, a definitive date was ever ever given. So, I, again, this is absolutely just theory. Like, you know, there's always the chance that he could have, like, heard about this new, this new planet's discovery in the city next door and then sort of thought to himself, like, oh, that's, like, a, you know, cute name minus it being the... Uh, I guess, Roman God of the Underworld and then sort of changed around uh, Rover's name to later be Pluto. There's not really any legitimacy to that, but it just got me thinking because if if Zedona was a frequent enough vacation destination then you might have heard something about what's going on here
0: yeah and we're, name, we're going with that's a fact yeah we're just gonna go with that's a fact i <laughs> want to make like a jacob theory jingle because i made an astronomy fact one i feel like there should right, be like yeah. a jacob <laughs> theory. spooky music jacob's, I jacob's I theory. <laughs> <laughs> i'll workshop <That's> awesome. it <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah let's get into the obscure section of the iceberg and yeah let's start out with the globe of human suffering so
3: yeah the omni globe which is is absolutely fantastic like i i love the thing uh there's so many different projections that you can just project onto this like globe surface so it's neat for like especially like trying to figure out what planets look like or, or or you know Different things that are happening on our earth that at one time like storms or how you know the continents have shifted throughout time but there's like one specific section that outlines like a lot of really niche pieces of of data and one of the data sets that like has its own animation if i'm not mistaken has to do with like global rates of human suffering and and when this Mm -hmm. was first found and 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 no one really had talked about this or or like even mentioned it until one of our our educators scott he just was in there and and it was like empty or whatever and he was just kind of playing around with the globe and came across this and like brought up so much questions like what's the metric (laughs) like like, (laughs) why do all of these places have so much human suffering and and it's
2: and why is it in the rotunda (laughs) yes it's
3: it's so funny and and you know, every time that I go and and you know, rotunda is empty. I'll I'll pull it up and like just try to find you. out, yeah, little like different things about it because I'm like somewhat interested. Like I'm not interested in human suffering. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like <laughs> it's 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 cool in that you know it's it's like something that's mentioned here in this like really niche area of of just different pieces of data that usually have to do with like weather.
2: Well now you know what the uh, Lowell Observatory secret menu item is so when you come for a tour
0: like, Ask show the me educator the globe
2: the globe of human suffering please.
0: man maybe when when I when the, when the going gets rough for me, I think I'll just go and stare at the globe of human suffering and put things into perspective for myself <laughs> it's like it could I could be on this globe somewhere but I'm not so <laughs> My favorite uh, item that they've
2: added here in the Obscure section, it just says computers.
0: <laughs> I can believe we
2: have
1: those. Yeah. Quite a few. Um, I think this just refers to how um, during Lowell Observatory's time, how a lot of the con- uh, calculations were done by women. So like women yes. computers. And uh, I think even like Rexy was a computer at one point. Um, I know there was a lot of other ones, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's really neat. You can actually find some of these photos in the um, art archives online. And it's really cool to see just, like, these wholesome women with their big dresses and their purses and their titles just computer. (laughs) That's cool. What about Uncle Percy's Adventures in Space? Okay, so Uncle Percy's
1: Adventures in Space was a, uh, like, I don't even know how to describe it. There was like a CGI Percival Lowell and a cat that was put onto like a video, like a real life video of someone like walking around campus. And so there's Mm -hmm. like the CGI Percy (laughs) like put onto Lowell and it just looks so 90s like i think that's when it was made (laughs) and it just looks so 90s um and it's 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 really awesome and i think you can still find an episode on youtube
2: somewhere we have the dvd (sighs) uh, i think in the marketing office
1: it's it's really i think a very valuable piece of lowell history (laughs)
2: <laughs> so it's an iconic piece of our history we should add it to the archive I mean, we should yes. like
1: i think it should be part of the training videos for when people get hired at lowell they like have
2: to watch that they have to watch uncle percy's adventures yeah. Spain. <laughs> so what's the writing on the clark dome wall okay
3: i love this one because not even like a lot of educators know about this, but there are pencil drawings and writings and just a, a bunch of different things all over the Clark Dome walls. And the only way to really ever see them is to completely turn out the lights at nighttime and then, with like some flashlight or something, sort of like shine around on the walls. And you will see that the, the very faint glare of just you know, paragraphs of words or like coordinates what? and just math, you know, people using it to just add things really quickly. And occasionally you'll stumble across like individual dates that pertain to like when this stuff was written. And if I'm not mistaken, there's like a few from the late 1920s, early 1930s. Oh my God. And It's such a cool thing to see. And, and, and like, like I was saying just a few seconds ago, like not many educators really even know about this because you don't often Shit. get the chance to like turn out all of the lights and then just think to yourself, Hey, I'm going to shine a flashlight at all the walls. But you know, for, for anyone that like ever goes in there and it's like particularly dead or we're like having an open house, like it's, it's a cool thing to see. So like, I don't know if, if anyone Secret menu sees item. me. Yeah. Add
2: that to a tour, man. <laughs> That's cool. They are very difficult to find. They're very faint. That's really cool. Yeah, we've got a few more here. One is Constance's sightings. Constance uh, was the wife of Percival Lowell and has uh, quite a uh, legacy in our lore. But uh, it's one of those things where, of course, we don't, you talk about, we're scientists, but there have been people who have claimed to see Constance on campus. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I think Maddie has an
1: experience with it, but I have heard just from being at Lowell quite a few times from either different supervisors or just people who have worked there that they definitely think they have either felt Constance's presence or have actually like seen some type of like apparition in the slifer building.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen her with my eyes, but there is something about the slifer building that is a little bit off and, One time, I I think I told this story on the Secrets of Lowell episode, but when I was dressed up as Constance for the Halloween tour, I had to go through that building alone in the dark in like the Mm -hmm. red, like nighttime lights and definitely Mm -hmm. felt like someone was behind me the entire time. (laughs) I Um, love that building. It's so, it's,
2: it's so old. I mean, it was constructed in the 1920s, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. made to look like Saturn in the front. And there's a really neat vault down there. Uh, I, I obviously don't. I don't believe in ghosts but it's it's just really neat it it, it's like walking backward in time when you're walking through Mm -hmm. the slifer building
0: and I also have an experience from one of our VEAs which stands for visitor experience associate um from about a phone call that they received Mm -hmm. that may or may not have been so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this story verbatim Mm -hmm. if that's cool um, so this was from September 2019. A lady called in the morning, maybe 10:30, 11, and started asking about the mountain lions up here. I think she asked if it was true that someone was attacked by one. I assure her that we were safe up here. Then she asked about Halloween programming, like ghost stories, and asked if I knew of ghosts up here, like Percy. I told her I only knew of his wife's ghost in the Slifer attic. She proceeded to ask if I'd been up in the attic. I told her yes, but I didn't like it. She then asked if, if I've seen Constance. I just said no. Then she asked if I wanted to. I just kind of laughed awkwardly then. In the most serious voice, she said, do you want to? I paused and said no. And she was like, (laughs) okay, thanks, bye. Pretty convinced Constance found a phone up there and figured out how to call the visitor center.
2: (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Do you want to? That sounds like a a Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys were around for that show. It was a show in the 90s uh it's like a twilight zone for kids oh it's great that's a spooky um, story <laughs> i love it maddie and i both dressed up as uh, constance for the halloween tours last year it was fun
0: yeah no the, and um this wasn't a real Constance sighting but it was by far the most traumatizing one personally for me um as i was constance in this situation and <laughs> um I was hiding in a bush and it was not a good hiding spot. And there was a tour group coming and I did not have time to move. I was also wearing like a floor length, like velvet uh, dress that yeah. had like a leg slit. Um, mm-hmm. And so I couldn't move without flashing these poor people. And so they saw me and they all started shining their flashlights on me. And so I just, and they like stopped and were just like standing there probably waiting for me to do something. Um, so I just started hissing at them in hopes it would like make them go away. Um, <laughs> but they didn't and i was just in the bushes hissing hissing at a group of guests <laughs> and just begging haley one of our educators was leading that tour and she was like what's in the bushes and like i don't know if she thought i had a plan i did not and so i was just like <laughs> silently praying like haley make them move on haley make them move on like it was
2: <laughs> when we did that tour we did a a a, a sort of dress rehearsal tour. And I was on the the first one is Constance. And the idea was that I was going to be hiding behind the Slifer building as they walked behind there and I would spook them. And I got kind of bored waiting because I got there a little early. Um, and so what I did was I climbed up on the roof of the Slifer building because um, there's like a one story, kind of like the basement, I think, where the roof sticks out. And so I climbed up on there. I found this old ladder and I'm like hiding. And so Haley's kind of says my cue and is waiting, but I'm a good 20 feet from where I was originally going to be. And I let out this like crazy scream. I had a lot. I was bottling up a lot. A <laughs> crazy scream. And I scared the pants off of Haley. She screamed and jumped because <laughs> it was not. The whole, and the a kid was like crying and ran to his mom. I felt bad. No, <laughs> but, you're doing your job. Right? Uh Oh
0: Constance, forming your heart out. If you're listening Constance, thank you for the stories. <laughs> yeah, if she can she can access phones, maybe she listens to podcasts too. Yeah, I'm sure she's a fan. She's a she's a woman of the modern age. Let's get into the
2: unknown. So, I've been avoiding this one, uh, but let's get into it. What The Clown Man.
3: Okay, so this is personally my favorite story because, for one, it hey, happened to me, and for two, people think that I'm kidding about this. Like, like I, I will tell new co-workers about Clown Man, and they think that I am genuinely joking, but I am mm-hmm. absolutely nope. not. Like, this is no bit, no nothing that I'm committing to. This actually happened. So, before mm-hmm. COVID, uh, we would have, you know, some some longer stints at the Rotunda, especially during the winter, just because, you know, we... we weren't really operating many telescopes, and this was actually before the Goto was built. So we had like the telescopes out in the plaza, in addition to like the Clark and the McAllister running. And um, you know, on snowy days, you can't really look through anything, and sometimes the domes are frozen shut. So uh, there's not really like there's 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 not much to observe besides like coming into the museums and the historic spaces. And so it was it was relatively dead. There was there wasn't many people up there, and uh, my my fellow educators who were there at the time were like off doing their own things, running their own open houses. And at one moment, like it was just about an hour before closing, like so around nine o'clock at this time, some guy walks into the Rotunda Museum and I'm just like, you know, in there existing and and he is dressed in a complete and I mean, absolutely complete yep. clown getup, like everything, yep. the shoes, uh, funny, funny hair, just like a, a really funny just set of clothing and walks up to me and, you know, I expect something funny. I expect like this to be just some sort of like joke or some sort of bit or like somebody's filming something. But then he starts asking genuine questions and then takes his time looking around all of the exhibits and starts asking just really good questions. He's like really into everything, talking about astronomy. And the entire time does not mention what he's wearing. It doesn't mention the clown get it. It doesn't mention the fact that he's like, come dressed like this. And it, it was so funny to me. I, I I was, I was sitting there just Absolutely stunned. Absolutely stunned that like what I was witnessing was real. I, I, I genuinely thought that I was dreaming for a couple of minutes and then I slowly started to realize this is reality. There was a guy dressed as a clown in the Rotunda Museum right here with me asking questions about dark matter, asking questions about like galaxies and Mars and, and not acknowledging anything that he's wearing. And the best part was that nope. it was a snowy winter day. This guy was navigating the campus, and most likely, like from his vehicle, in clown shoes, when there was ice everywhere. And, and did he have
0: a tiny car?
3: I, 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 I hope so. I would hope so that if he was committing that part, that he would have a tiny car. And nobody Hmm. believes this. I I don't think anybody else saw him the rest of the night. Not not that, you know. I believe you,
2: and I am literally never going to Mars Hill again. I mean, it sounds like he was a very friendly clown who just
0: really wanted to learn about Oh, He
3: was awesome. If if Clown Man's out there and ever hears this, I I want to see you again. Clown
0: Man, no, don't. (laughs) Stay away. You're (laughs) banned. Cody has a little Um, thing about clowns. There was actually, there was a big, when uh, the new, or like the reboot of It came out, there was like a protest of clowns who like loved their profession and felt that it was like an unfair representation of clowns and it was like it like threatened their careers you know because some of them really uh, they just... did that with
2: joker too uh, all i have to say is freaking john wayne gracie uh that's all i'm gonna say
0: i know yeah they get they get a bad rap but i do believe they that get there are good clowns rap. out there also yeah. you know the phrase elephant in the room i i suggest that we recoin that to be Uh, The clown in the observatory. So it's like we really need to address the clown in the observatory, you guys. We can't just we can't just ignore this. That's awesome. That's amazing. I agree.
1: I think we should be ignoring it actually because you know a part of me doesn't believe that it's real and that it was just one of Jacob Irish's uh, projections or hallucinations. (laughs) I have
2: to. If you ever want me on campus again, I have to believe that Hannah. (laughs) That this is one hundred percent Jacob Irish. a a jacob irish tale
3: you guys believe what you want i saw what i saw and it was beautiful and i miss you clown man
1: please come back
2: yeah you 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 definitely saw jacob yeah (laughs) when i was uh so i was a preacher's kid and i went uh in central texas to like you know church camp or whatever and it just so happened that uh, there was also clan, clown camp, which is a thing where you go and you learn how to be a clown. It was really hilly camp. in Central Texas, and it was late at night. We just got out of our last church service or whatever, and we're walking back to our rooms, and you just see cresting over the hill. In my mind, it's probably up three thousand clowns. It's probably like thirty, <laughs> just with their balloons and all this stuff in full getup in the at, at night. Cresting this hill, coming toward the main room for their clown graduation. graduation. I have never recovered. I had to be. I went home that day.
0: <laughs> I, I need to leave immediately. Yeah, this is an unsafe <laughs> <It's horrible>. environment.
2: <laughs> if that ever happens at Lowell, I will probably die. So, uh,
0: if if a Clown <laughs> College reaches out asking about um, Lowell Observatory as a potential venue for clown graduation we are not going to reject that offer and i mm, i don't know i don't know i feel like Banned. that's the kind of thing that you just have to witness at least once in your life
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna sit constants on them it's not gonna
0: happen <laughs> i want to know if their diplomas are like comically large or just like goofy in some way they're all in comic sands yeah yeah i don't know or like
2: no i can't <laughs> even like if i get on a plane i do a, a like a a precursory look to make sure there are no clowns on there because i know <laughs> i can't escape chef.
0: it's a whole thing <laughs> a Precursory <clown. laughs> it, has there ever been a clown on a plane i don't know but my coming? ex would make
2: fun of me because he would be like oh i just imagine this like regular guy going to work with like his newspaper dressed in full clown get up on the plane no. <laughs> drinking his free coffee no
0: i hope you uh, know i think your clown phobia is totally valid and it's actually a very common phobia but also, normal. I do, I do feel bad for the good clowns out there and the bad rap that they get.
2: Mm. I know <laughs> well, agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Just, yeah, con man. If you're listening, thanks for being a fan. Please don't come back. Please stay away.
3: <laughs> you can come back. Or- I, I'll let you in. <laughs>
2: And and go check out the Discord. Hannah's doing some awesome things on there. So uh, go chat with us, ask us questions. Uh, we can do a separate
0: chat for the Cloud Man questions. <laughs> Cloud questions. You can also hit us up on Twitter if you're not a Discord mm-hmm. type of person at Starstuff Pod because Starstuff Podcast was taken. Rude. Um, whoever you, you are. on that account, give us the account. Thank rude you. Rude and disrespectful. Maybe you think about someone other than yourself for once. Um, yeah. I'm
2: just kidding. And we also have a hashtag, right? Hashtag ask star yeah. stuff. Well, thank you guys so much. Big shout out to Hannah and Jacob for putting this iceberg together and a special shout out to Hannah who convinced me to do this episode because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was walking into, but it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, this was a lot of fun, you guys. Oh, thanks for having us.
3: Agreed.
0: This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to lull.edu slash donate. Thanks for listening.